Welcome back to the 33rd Team Fifth Down Fantasy Podcast. This is everything you need to know for week three. Everything coverages, matchups, buy lows, sell highs, and everything in between. But before we get into that, we actually have breaking news that we have to be talking about. Kareem Hunt has officially signed back with the Browns. The running back two behind Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is done. So we don't know. Is it going to be Jerome Ford? Is it going to be Nick Chubb? Is it going to be Pierre Strong? Or maybe another running back that they'll find off the streets. But Ben, let me ask you first, who do you think is going to be the running back one for this team over the next few weeks and the running back one by season's end for the Browns? It won't be Nick Chubb. You threw his name in there as somebody. Unfortunately, he suffered what was a, a really nasty-looking knee dislocation. Um, and when I think about who I want to have on my team, I would probably lean right now. It's Jerome Ford. We know everyone's saying, you know, if the Browns really wanted Kareem Hunt, he would have been on this team. And instead, they go out and they trade for a cheaper option in Pierre Strong. And while he's not really a sexy option, I mean, running back injuries are just happening all over the league right now. I think any of these guys are fine to roster, but I think it'll probably look something like a 60 30 10 split with Jerome Ford leading the way. And obviously, there's going to be some receiving upside to Kareem Hunt, some touchdown vultures from Pierre Strong. But I think, I think Ford's the guy you want to have, Alex. What about you? Yeah, I think they said yesterday, I mean, that they view Jerome Ford at least giving him like a, a share at, at being the featured back. That says to me that they're going to at least give him a shot. They have Kareem Hunt as a backup option to someone that knows the system and they trust. Maybe that just doesn't mean they trust Pierre Strong that much. Either way, I think Ford, like you said, is probably going to be the guy. Probably not more than 60% of the work, maybe a little bit more, but either way, still a really valuable role for fantasy. I love him this week, but let's get into everything we have for the show today. Let's start with the goodness as in our buy lows, our guys that we really like matchup wise for weeks. Like who's the first player that comes to mind for you? For me, I, I just can't stop drooling over Tua Tungvaluwa. Alex, I talked about Tua a lot on this podcast during the off season, and I'd like an apology from you. You kept telling me, Tua stinks, Tua stinks, Tua's him, Alex. His week three matchup against Denver looks to be really juicy. Denver's allowed 7.7 yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. And that's a number that ranks seventh so far, despite facing Jimmy Garoppolo and Sam Howell. Those aren't good quarterbacks. And Tua, he's averaging nine and a half yards per attempt. That is in the 94th percentile among all quarterbacks for the first two weeks of the season. And my prediction model has Tua finishing as the QB three this week, obviously with Tyreek as the wide receiver one. He is just a putt above the rest right now. Denver currently allowing the ninth most passing fantasy points to opponents. Definitely a plus matchup, and Tua is the real deal. Yeah, Tua is the real deal. I was wrong about that. Tua was not somebody that I was in on. You were 100% right the whole way with that. So I do apologize. He'll give you the win on that one. But doesn't mean we can't both be right because a quarterback that I talked about that I love that I talked about more than any other quarterback was 100% Justin Herbert. And I think there's still some buy low potential with this Chargers offense because I don't think people realize that I actually think this offense is going to go down as the number one scoring offense at the end of the season. And as far as fantasy football goes right now, Justin Herbert's the quarterback too. Keenan Allen is a top 10 wide receiver, but Mike Williams is a top 10 wide receiver in expected fantasy points, just has not found the end zone. It is going to come. I'd be buying low on Mike Williams. I'd be buying low on Austin Eckler, who's the running back two before he got hurt. If anyone's worried about his injury, I would be still buying him from that person because I think this offense is going to be number one in the league. Can't get enough of any of them. 
Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of this offense comes down to Brandon Staley probably needs to be fired at this point. But Kellen Moore, right, I think we've talked about how he, when he was with the Cowboys, that was a team that led the NFL in scoring in back-to-back seasons when Dak Prescott played. And I think we've seen a high-scoring team from the Chargers. What we haven't seen is the ability to finish games or the ability to elevate every single person. I know I personally was really disappointed about Joshua Kelly last week. Uh, do you have any thoughts on him? I know Austin Eckler was saying that, you know, he needs to be rostered in every single fantasy league. Is Josh Kelly somebody that you would still be interested in buying low on or buying high on? Or is he somebody that would not fall under your umbrella of Chargers players? I think it just comes down to like how much time is Austin Eckler going to miss? Like if, if Austin Eckler was on IR right now and he was going to miss the next three games, I'd be saying buy low on Josh Kelly all day. Tennessee's only strength is their defensive line and their linebackers, their outside corners, safeties, horrible. The Chargers exposed that a lot this past week. Joshua Kelly facing one of the best front sevens in the league. I think that's the only reason that he did not produce a little bit more. So that's kind of where I stand on him. I'd be buying low, but I think Austin Eckler is probably going to be back either this week or next week. Yeah, it sounds like Austin Eckler still questionable for this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits another one, but we'll see. As far as other running backs go, you need to be paying more attention to Kenneth Walker the third. I think he's got to be one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL right now. I called out on, on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, how high my projection model was on Kenneth Walker, despite being the RB30 in week one. And last week, that rang true. Walker was the RB8. This week, my model projects him to be the RB8. He's third in red zone carries in the NFL. And he had like this Jerome Bettis-esque stat line. Eight rushes, three yards, two touchdowns. And every week that Geno Smith doesn't turn into a pumpkin, which I think we can all agree, it doesn't look like it's likely to happen anytime soon. And as soon as, uh, and as he continues to hold off Zach Charbonnet, I think that Kenneth Walker, just volume alone, top 10 running back, not only is this a good matchup for Walker against Carolina, it's honestly kind of a, a perfectly average one. Carolina's defense is basically average across the board in, in passing efficiency, rushing usage, rushing efficiency. But what's encouraging is really just this Zach Charbonnet, second round guy who Walker out uh, touched 18 to six last week. The matchup is fine, but Walker is somebody that I'm firing up as an RB1 this week and probably for weeks to come. Well, Scott Barrett pointed out that Kenneth Walker's usage from his rookie year in terms of snaps, rope participation, target share has actually all gone up. I do still worry about Zach Charbonnet taking the role, like taking over more of the role as the season goes along. Yes. Right yeah. now, I love him. I think he's a perfect matchup, but I think that we're going to see more work from Zach Charbonnet. Kenneth Walker, a little inconsistent on his runs. I mean, he had 11 carries for 16 yards at one point in week two. Yeah. Again, fire him up right now, fire him up next week. But as the season gets along, just keep an eye on where the, the usage is going and don't be afraid to sell high. That is my only note on Kenneth Walker. But speaking of players that we really like and running backs, how about Kyron Williams, who is seeing top five overall running back usage right now? I mean, in week two, we saw 95% of the snaps, 87% of the routes, and he's seen 50% of the goal line work this season. The most notable part about his game is that he's one of four running backs that's had over 60% of the passing down work in the NFL and one of six running backs that has been over 75% of their team's total snaps. He is seeing like literal top five usage that is near Christian McCaffrey levels. Is this going to keep up? Who knows? But Ky Kyron Williams, for me, 
is a top 12 running back for the rest of the season. And if you can buy him for any lower than that, that anyone's scared to, I'm going to be doing that. I think he continues that this week against the Bengals, especially because they're probably going to be without Joe Burrow, which means the Rams actually might be favored in this game. Alex, um, on this show, on week one, which one of us said that you should be adding Kyron Williams to your fantasy football teams? You did. You you absolutely you absolutely did. And then I said, watch Zach Moss for week two. You should definitely be adding some Zach Moss. So again, the watch list has been really great. Don't forget to tune into the watch list later in the show. We got four players you need to be keeping an eye on for your fantasy teams before week two. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like and hit that subscribe button. We got videos coming out every single day. Absolutely. And if you've been listening to this podcast through the offseason, you know that I haven't been able to stop talking about Sam Laporta since the NFL draft. He is my model's tight end 10 for this week. After totaling five receptions in back-to-back games, Laporta currently sits as fantasy's tight end nine. My bold prediction was that he'd be a top five tight end, though. Still some ways to go. He needs his big breakout week. And could that week be this week? He ranks Fifth right now among tight end receptions. He's seen one red zone target. And now against the Falcons, who are allowing the ninth most yards and seventh most touchdowns to the tight end position since the 2022 season, it could be Laporta's breakout week. I think it's okay, too, to be dropping any you know, desolate, the, the, the tight end position is so desolate right now. Drop whoever for Sam Laporta. I, I dropped uh, David Njoku for Sam Laporta because once this guy starts scoring touchdowns, once this guy puts it together, he's not going to slow down. Again, already 10 receptions, good matchup this week. You know that that number is only going to go up, and at least until Jamison Williams comes back, we got to hope that Laporta's broken out by then. He has top five tight end upside. Yeah, people don't, are, we are not talking about enough just how historic what Sam Laporta has done so far has been as far as an NFL tight end. 450 tight ends since 2000. Just two of them were top 12 tight ends in fantasy points per game after being drafted round two or later. Sam Laporta might be number three on that list over the last 23 years. You absolutely love to see it. Speaking of rookies, Jordan Addison, the current wide receiver, 13 in fantasy. He has not seen over 60% of the route participation. He's had less than seven targets, still already a wide receiver one to start. Granted, of course, that came off touchdowns, but the point is that he has been more efficient. He's had a higher yards per route run, and he's been targeted at a higher rate than K.J. Osborne. It's only a matter of time because till he sees that full workload, and we've seen very early just how much work that the wide receiver twos get in these Justin Jefferson offenses and how much it opens the field for them, which is what we've seen from Jordan Addison playing the Chargers this week who have allowed the single most points to wide receivers. I think this is the week when we finally see the full workload from Jordan Addison and his buy low window closes for the entire season. He will not be tradable for after this week. Two touchdowns through two games is my only concern with Addison. I think that wide receiver 13 number is a bit inflated. I have him in a couple of leagues. Love him. But at what point, if ever, does that slow down? It sounds like you don't think this is the week, but when, if ever? Yeah, I think the, the only thing is, again, like the touchdowns are going to slow down. But the, the point is that like Brees Hall was somebody that was a perfect example this last year. I'm not saying Jordan Addison's Brees Hall, but just like when we see rookies that are hyper efficient in their first couple games, usually that's something that continues over the course of the full season. And yes, touchdowns are going to go down, 
but he still has an extra 40% of the routes that he can gain over the course of the season. So I think his targets and his yards are going to tick up, but the touchdowns might tick down. But overall, for his usage and efficiency, I think it's going to be like this the whole season just because of how much coverage that Justin Jefferson draws away from him every week. Yeah, and Alex, you're wearing purple right now, which I think is perfect for those Minnesota Vikings. As soon as we see Jordan Addison take over that wide receiver two spot completely from KJ Osborne, I am with you. Wheels up for Addison. If you like Jordan Addison, if you like Sam Porter or any of the guys we mentioned, you should be taking props for them on underdog fantasy using uh, promo code 33rd to get a match on your first deposit up to $100. Every Friday, myself, Ryan Reynolds, and Josh Larkey, we do have a uh, player prop happy hour where maybe you'll be interested in hearing some of the uh, picks that we have for underdog fantasy as well. Now, Alex and I are going to be talking about some of the guys we are not excited about entering week three, and I'm going to lead it off with Deshaun Watson and the Browns, who are playing against the Titans. And at first thought, you might be the Titans have one of the worst secondaries in the entire NFL. Why are you not in on Deshaun Watson, Ben? Well, the Titans have ran the fourth highest rate of cover one so far this year. That's basically a man-to-man scheme with a safety over the top. And Watson's pass rating, 64 versus man versus 75 against zone when you're taking a look at this season and last season. But most specifically, when you're taking a look at cover one since last year, Watson only completed 47% of his passes against cover one. 5.8 yards per attempt, where the league average is 6.8 against cover one, and a 75 pass rating where the league average against cover one is 90. This is just not a good matchup, a good uh, scheme for Watson to be going up against. Yes, the secondary is awful. It doesn't matter. Watson had the fifth most attempts this season of 10 air yards or more. 30 of his passes have been for 30 or more air yards. 10 total completions. Just 10. A completion percentage of 33%. That ranks 28%. I just can't buy into Deshaun Watson or the Browns this week. Yeah, you said this week, and the cover one stats are fair. The coverage stats are fair. But Deshaun Watson was someone that a lot of people liked for fantasy this year. We expected a big rebound because every year he's played at least half a season. He ended up being a top five quarterback in his career. Granted, the last time he was top five was a little little while ago now. It's been a couple years. Um, But are you out on Deshaun Watson as a whole, or is this more just a matchup-based decision for this week? Alex, I've been out on Deshaun Watson since the preseason, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think anyone is going to be upset about you being out on Deshaun Watson. NFL off the field, on the field does not matter. Not a lot of people, big Deshaun Watson, same way that I'm starting to fray away a little bit more from these Packers wide receivers. My optimism for Christian Watson is down, not only because of his injury, but just because of what we've seen from this offense. And at first you're like, Alex, like, come on, man. Like Jordan loves throwing three touchdowns in back-to-back weeks so far. And there's been guys that have been really good for fantasy and you're right. But the Packers have thrown 25 pass attempts and 27 pass attempts so far. And none of their receivers are seeing over 70% of the routes which is just like beyond horrible for fantasy. We've talked about in the show before, only two of the last 120 top 12 wide receivers came from these teams in the bottom five of pass attempts. There's been one in the last nine years. It was Debo Samuel. He had that crazy rushing workload. Point being, we don't need these receivers to be top 12, but the upside is just so ridiculously capped every single week when you're throwing for less than 30 times a game. And those three passing touchdowns from Jordan Love are just not going to keep up on a week-to-week basis. 
Alex, I have a bone to pick with you because you're the only reason why I kept Christian Watson in my keeper league. You were so high on him. You sold me on his usage. You said him and Chris Olave are going to be two of the best wide receivers in the NFL this year. I'm sure there are plenty of Christian Watson fans or fantasy football fans who want to go out and get Christian Watson. What's the deal? Are we are we just holding on hope for nothing? Is, is he ever going to come back and be useful? Or is uh, this passing offense just going to kind of regress backwards and Christian Watson is going to be a victim to that? Well, I think that he's going to be like somebody that – you know, I think a really good comparison for him is someone like Garrett Wilson, where like Jordan Love is not as bad as Zach Wilson. That's not kind of the point of my argument, but just because of the overall volume, it's going to kill him for fantasy week in and week out. And just like Garrett Wilson and two catches for 89 yards and touchdown this past week, like Christian Watson is going to have weeks where we're going to believe and we're going to be so freaking back on Christian Watson, just like I wanted to be. But what we expected in this offseason, what I was incorrect about, is that they were going to pass a lot more than they were. They were supposed to be this up-tempo team that's going to throw the ball a lot more with Aaron Rodgers and run at a faster pace, but we haven't seen that. It's been a slow-paced offense. They're not giving any receivers 100% of the routes. Again, similar to Garrett Wilson, we're going to have weeks with Christian Watson where we're loving it and we're so back. But again, passing volume wins out at the end of the season, and this team has been up in games and is still not throwing the ball no matter how – they are playing the game. Christian Watson right now is a guy who I keep switching in and out of my IR spot to make free agency transactions. Just to put him back in my IR spot on Sundays, it's awful. I need to free up a waiver or I need to free up a roster spot. So I'm looking to be selling high on Zach Moss, even though he was the only Indianapolis running back to see a snap in week two. Yes, the only running back on that team who saw a single snap. I don't want on my team anymore. Why? His matchup with the Ravens this week, you got to think about that. Anthony Richardson being in the con concussion protocol and not being likely to play, that's another thing. But let's focus on this matchup. Six fewest rushes, six fewest rushing yards, zero touchdowns. Those are stats of this Baltimore defense. And Zach Moss, I don't want to call him a nobody, right? He was traded away for peanuts from the Bills last season. He's not a nobody, but he's not a talented running back. And who do you think has a better game? Zach Moss or Roquan Smith? Zach Moss or Patrick Queen? The Colts currently have the eighth lowest team total for week three, and that may change as we get news about Anthony Richardson and his concussion. But he currently leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns, so him playing isn't a good thing for Zach Moss. Minshew isn't a good thing for Moss because of this low team total. Yes, he's one of the premier backups, but still, is he better than Anthony Richardson? Probably not. Playing against this defense, the quarterback situation, you want to start him, don't. Wait a week, then start him. Not this week. Yeah, I think to me that just says, let me buy low on Zach Moss. I, I agree. I think he's going to have a bad week this this week. But, like, we saw one picture of, of Jonathan Taylor working out in the Colts facility, but there has been no report. There has been no contract agreement. There has been no sign other than one photo from an indoor field that Jonathan Taylor is going to be coming back to this team. And if Zach Moss in his first game off of injury was seeing like the highest snap share of any running back in the NFL, that says to me that I'm going to be buying low on him. If people don't want him for the matchup, they think Jonathan Taylor is going to come back. I will be taking this by low window for Zach Moss this week. Not a good week. You're going to have to be patient and hope that Jonathan Taylor gets traded to some really crappy team that 
hopefully does not affect a lot of fantasy football usage. Another player that I am not in on is Damian Pierce, keeping it right in that same division. Went down to 44% of the snaps this week, 31% of the routes. His role is still going to be in a three-down committee. Even when Mike Boone, the third down back, was out this week, they put Dari and Gumbuale in. Texans backfield, three-way committee. Probably not going to be the highest scoring offense over the course of the whole season. I am out on Pierce. I, again, have been so out on Pierce all offseason. It's so glad to hear that you are feeling the same exact way. He's just not a good running back. Like He was good to start the season last year, completely tapered off, and now the Texans have been passing the ball at one of the highest rates in the NFL. If you like what he's saying, he's at Alex Caruso. I am at Ben Wolby. We got two guys each that we want to talk about their bad matchup before getting into players to keep your eyes on, maybe Adam Hunter waivers or trade for. The last guy for me who I do not think is going to have a good week. It's actually an entire offense, but it comes from Baker Mayfield, who I believe is going to have a regression week incoming. He's currently PFF's third highest rated quarterback. He's fantasy football's QB 13. And is he good? I mentioned it on the show last week. I can't tell you that he is good because I don't think he is. I can't sell you on Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's awful. But in week three, he's going up against the Eagles defense, who has played the most cover six of any team in the NFL so far. And why that's notable, because they did it against the Vikings, which, okay, that's a reasonable way to slow down Kirk and his top receiving group. And even New England passed the ball more than any other team in week one when they faced the Eagles. With a duo of Chris Evans and Mike Godwin, who, or <laughs> Mike Godwin, wow, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans, who is the wide receiver too in fantasy football right now. It's easy to see why a regression is coming for Evans, but that is the reason why the Seagulls defense just not going to be a good matchup because of all of the uh, cover six that they're playing. Eagles defensive linemen, Jalen Carter and Josh Sweat, they're both currently top 10 in QB pressures. And given the way that the secondary has been playing, I think it's going to slow Tampa Bay down. I'm not as excited about Mike Evans this week and my model projects him to finish outside the top 12. Yeah, I... And with you, uh, I think the regression is incoming. Baker's had an awesome couple of weeks. It's been awesome to see as a someone who roots for the Tampa Bay Bucks and Rashad White, but I don't think that Baker is going to be able to keep this up every single week. Same way Drake London for me is my number one sell high wide receiver. Again, like this is Garrett Wilson. This is exactly what we just talked about with Christian Watson. Like the talent is there. The volume is not. This, this Falcons team is averaging 25 pass attempts per game. Once again, bottom five. Top 12 wide receivers never, ever, ever come from these teams that are in the bottom five of pass attempts. Drake London, like Watson, like Wilson, is going to have good weeks, but it's going to be with met with a lot more inconsistency than consistency. If you can sell him for another mid-tier wide receiver, like I would sell Drake London for Jerry Judy right now. I'm more confident in Jerry Judy than I am Drake London. Maybe you aren't. Passing volume speaks for itself. I am off of Drake London. This is your week to sell high while you can. You know what you get with Drake London? You don't know what you're going to get with Jerry Judy. I honestly don't think that's that crazy, Alex. Something that people might think crazy is that I would be going after Elijah Mitchell aggressively this week. He's the first player I'm keeping my eye on. And if you have been paying attention to the NFL, you're going to say, Ben, he did not receive a single snap last week. Why is he somebody you're keeping your eye on? Well, because we just saw Christian McCaffrey he play every single snap of the game. Now they're going on a short week playing tomorrow. 
and head coach Kyle Shanahan says that they need to stop getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey. They need to let this guy rest, right? I think what we see from Elijah Mitchell is that he's going to get some work in on Thursday and going up against this one of the worst teams in the NFL, to my surprise, the New York Giants. There's a really good chance they blow him out early and they say, hey, Christian, go rest. Elijah, come on in, get double-digit carries and a touchdown. Yeah, I think from general fantasy, not someone I'm, I'm dying for, but as far as prop betting this week, there's going to be some really low lines in Elijah Mitchell that I'm going to be taking advantage of. Like you said, short week, they want to get him involved. All the coach speak is telling us they want to get him a few more touches. If you're a prop better, be taking some Elijah Mitchell overs this week. I really like him. But for fantasy, one person that should be on like every fantasy roster right now is Zach Ertz. I know he's not fun. He's not someone that you get excited about. But Zach Ertz is, is available in over 70% of waiver wires right now. And he leads the NFL in tight end targets. He has the highest tight end target share in the league at over 30%. And he is the clear number one option on this Cardinals team. He's had 10 targets and eight targets in week one. And there are not many tight ends that are seeing that type of volume. You could also play the fun game where you say that every season of Zach Ertz's career since his rookie year where he plays more than 10 games, he's been a top six tight end every single year. When Zach Ertz is on the field, he produces. We've seen him in the first two games coming off the ACL. You should be keeping an eye on him for this week. Maybe picking him up if you haven't gotten him yet on your waiver wire. Zach Ertz leads all tight ends and team target share right now. That dude, really great. Another tight end who's really valuable leading his team, and he's third in tight end team target share, is Darren Waller. But Darren Waller hasn't exactly been great. He's kind of got this lingering injury that we have to worry about. So a guy I'm keeping my eye on, actually two guys I'm keeping my eye on, is going to be Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton. I'm not excited about either of these, but the Giants have had Basically two piss-poor showings, back-to-back weeks, and let's make it a third going against this 49ers defense. And at some point, you got to wonder, is Darren Waller, one, going to continue to lead this team in target share? Can he stay healthy? And two, when are they going to start mixing things up? The reason I'm keeping my eye on both of Slayton and Hodgins is just because of what we saw at the end of the year last year. Hodgins was mainly the guy. He was the guy in New York. Slayton, he had some good plays, some good weeks too, mostly a lot of long um, catches. But I just can't believe in my heart of hearts that if this offense goes 0-3, or not 0-3, sorry, 1-2, 1-3, it's very likely that they just kind of try some new things. And those new things might involve not playing the injury-laden Darren Waller as much. Let me uh, keep my eye on those two guys. Just have to shamelessly plug this really quick before we get into our final like watch player. Like week one, Ben called out Kyron Williams and said that he should be on like every fantasy roster. This Rams backfield is something to watch. In week two, I said Zach Moss should be on every single fantasy team. Like These are players that we're calling out that after waivers are over are still available in over 50% of leagues. And we're trying to give you these guys on a watch list for every week. And you should definitely keep an eye on him. We've found some really good names for you so far. The last guy that you need to be keeping an eye on, again, not a fun name like Zach Ertz, but it's Justice Hill for the Ravens. I mean, he is available in 56% of leagues right now. And this past week, he led the Ravens in snaps, in routes, and in touches. What did he do in week one, Ben? He also led the the Ravens in snaps and routes and touches. This is another team RB1 that is leading in every category and one of the more high-powered offenses in the NFL. Justice Hill is not a fun name. I'm not advocating for that. 
but I know that there is someone that has a bench spot that can be taken up by a team running back one leading in every category. Only competition is Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, who just got signed, and Melvin Gordon. Justice Hill probably going to be the lead running back as long as he stays healthy. Should definitely be on your watch list for this week. And had Justice Hill been the one to score that touchdown last week instead of Gus Edwards? By the way, Justice Hill out-snapped, out-touched Gus Edwards. Had he been the one to score that touchdown, we'd be talking about this totally differently. It's not a usage thing. Gus Edwards is not the red zone back, right? Like we saw Justice Hill do his thing in week one. So I'm with you, Alex. Justice Hill, that is the guy I want on my fantasy team if I have a spot for him. Again, we call out Kyron Williams, call out Zach Moss. You said it already. Keep an eye on Justice Hill, Zach Ertz, Elijah Mitchell, and these other guys that we've talked about today. But again, that is it. Everything you need to know at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you're on the YouTube channel, make sure to like, subscribe, turn the bell notifications on. We've got tons of 33rd team content coming out each and every day. But until next time, don't forget to keep chasing that upside.